the offseason, through the wins and the losses. It's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. And see, and by the way, that last minute of Bryce and I, that's your fault, New York Giants. That's your fault. Because we should be able to put a Mitchell Robinson injury on the back burner and not have to trash talk Knicks Nets like it's life or death. That's that's on you that the season now is effectively over. And I don't want to hear uh, if they win out, they still are alive. Sure, they are. They're still alive for the number two pick as well. Um, I want to start with this. Before we get into Tommy DeVito and last week and everything, just overarching an Eagle thought. Because the Eagles lose on Monday night. Julian Love suddenly decides he's awesome versus Philly. Leonard Williams decides he's awesome versus Philly. And I happen to like both of those guys as Giants, but, you know, we never got those premier performances versus the Eagles. The Giants seemingly, what have they won? Like three of their last 13 versus the, whatever the stat ended up being. I, I had it early this morning and I've lost it. Um, Three straight losses for Philly. And I think some might look at that and go, oh boy. Well, now the Giants are ripe to get their ass kicked because Philly has to get right. And I totally understand that. And probably common sense me would lean that way. And by the way, I could totally see it happening. Here's the truth, though. Whatever has happened this year, and it all went wrong after that first drive in the block field goal versus Dallas in week one. We entered a season off of a playoff year where the Giants got blown out by Philly basically three times. I mean, I know nobody played that second game, but then they had the playoff game. And the thought process was, whatever happens, maybe the Giants only win nine games again, something like that, start to close the gap between Philly and Dallas. And they couldn't do it versus Dallas. In fact, they went backwards and they got blown out twice. And yes, injuries are very much a part of the game. Philly dealing with some of them now. You know, I don't know what week 18 is going to look like in terms of who the Eagles are playing, what they're playing for, and having that shot to kind of prove yourself. This is a national television game. Granted, I get it. It's with your third string quarterback, but we all like DeVito. Um, granted, I know Dexter Lawrence is still banged up and all of that. And I probably, to a man, if you look at where they're drafting right now, number six overall, you figure if they lose out, maybe that gets them back into the four spot, something like that. Yeah, we could go back to the tank talk and what's best for the team and all of that. However, if you're Brian Dable, and I, you know, I'm a Giant fan watching the Dable Giants, I've seen enough bad teams or bad teams compete hard with the Eagles and a couple of them now beat them such as the Seahawks last week or come close such as the commanders have done twice and seemingly do the Giants got to stop getting their ass kicked by the Eagles and the time is now to prove that Bryce no better time than now by the way if you're really not playing for much at five and eight there should be no uh fourth and one I'm, I'm gonna punt here this is the time to empty the toy chest it's Christmas day have some fun the giant the one thing left the Giants can do heading into next year is feel like they've lifted some sort of aura and presence that they can't hang with the Philadelphia Eagles off of their back. And that is the thing for me. The time is now, Bryce, to accomplish that. Yeah, you go out there, you bust your asses, and you make this game as close as possible while also losing because you don't want to win this game. You don't want to win right. the next three games. And but, but I'm fine. I'm fine with that. You score, yeah, you know, yeah. three, you four touchdowns, fight. and you and you you cover the spread. Not that they care about covering the spread, but yeah, your yeah. moral victory. Feel good about yourself. Good teams win, great teams cover. Right, right. So, hey, no, I mean, but all seriousness, put up a fight on national television with everyone sitting at home on Christmas Day with their families. They want to see the Giants. Well, here's the thing. I think the Eagles are really getting on people's nerves. I think people are finally realizing, I mean, maybe they saw this last year in the, the game against the Giants, that Nick Sirianni is a piece of garbage. 
he is not only a terrible human being, but I don't think he's that good of a coach. And I want him to be absolutely embarrassed on Christmas Day by the Giants, but the Giants still need to lose that game. And Brian Dable, continue to coach to win and continue to give your players some hope going down the stretch, but don't win this game. Because if you win this game, it sets your franchise back because you, you, didn't, you didn't give yourself any maneuverability right now because you won the last three games before the Saints game. So now you got to lose against the Eagles. you got to lose against the Rams and then the Eagles again to put yourself in the best possible position because we all know going forward, the Giants need the best possible draft pick because of yeah. the holes in the roster. So go out, put up a fight. And, and come close to beating the Eagles. Listen, if they beat the Eagles, I don't think any Giant fan is going to be that upset about it. Well, like, but right, think- Bryce, let me just interrupt you. I, yeah. I agree with that. I am way more disappointed in hindsight the way the season's gone that they ended up beating the New England Patriots because that was like the team right there they were jockeying for. To me, yeah. and I'm with you, like preference, lose the next three games, whatever. How I do think that this is a unique spot, though, where I – will not be devastated if they beat the Eagles. I will look at that. Like, this is the one game outside of if you would have beaten Dallas a few weeks ago that you could sell me that plays towards next year in the Brian Dable Giants, where you have something there where next year you go in versus those Eagle games. If you make the team better, hey, look, we can hang with these guys. If you continue another year in a row of just getting dominated on both sides and you're uncompetitive versus them, you know, that's a problem. So, like, yes, I'm with you. Uh, I kind of think they're in a spot now where DeVito's not the guy, Daniel Jones is the guy. Maybe they roll with those guys and they want to get a quarterback. I think that Shane will probably trade up like the Buffalo Bills did for Josh Allen. So if that's seven spot, the five spot, if that's the difference here, I'm a little less worried now than I was for the New England game. But yes, I still would prefer a, you know, a 34-31 loss and you kind of look back and go, we can, we can beat these guys next Absolutely. Week. Absolutely. Especially when this Eagles team is currently reeling. Well, they're on this three-game yeah. losing streak. They've looked terrible on primetime the last two or three weeks. They are a beatable team. We talked about it last week. Of course, it was before the Giants got absolutely pummeled by the Saints. But this isn't an unbeatable Eagles team like they were last year. They are now in a position where they need to win because they're trying to get that number one seed. It's not looking good, but they are going to be, you know, uh, listen, every every team in every game is going to be trying as hard as possible to win, but this is a must-win game for the Eagles, and they're still beatable. So this is, could be a win-win for the Giants. You beat them, you ruin their, you, you, you ruin their, their home field advantage hopes in the playoffs, and then you give fans and yourselves – a reason to look to next year because you could actually be the yeah. team that has destroyed you in, in, in recent years. A win-win. Yeah, and, and on that, you know, we have to pivot here to the quarterback position and, and Tommy DeVito. Uh, forget the off-the-field stuff, by the way. Welcome to my agency. Max uh, taking oh, care of it. Nice. How about that? Tommy and the family. <laughs> uh, look, Terod Taylor came out at the end of that first half after DeVito was banged up. He got the Giants into a field goal spot, which, by the way, very debatable what Brian Dable was doing, playing for a 40-yarder with Jamie Gillen kicking. Uh, That's neither here nor there. Uh, He did drill it. (laughs) I think that you need to ride this thing out the last three weeks. You know, last week is one of those games, and I know the Daniel Jones haters hold your ears, where, again, I'm like, oh, I feel exactly like I feel with so many Daniel Jones games where the team maybe got blown out, didn't score nearly enough points, but my eyes told me a different story than the stat sheet told me. What my eyes told me was, 
I can't pin that on Tommy DeVito. And how many times have we said that about Daniel Jones? And it got to the point where we've said it so many times, people got tired of saying it, that we started blaming Daniel Jones. And look, Daniel Jones eventually, in my opinion, took enough of a beating that I could pinpoint things. But that was a classic, I'm not going to blame Daniel Jones game out of Tommy DeVito. It really was because, look, you know, he takes the team up and down the field. The sacks that he was taking, and this is like so many Twitter nerds, and some of them do a good job. Some of them think they know what they're talking about, and they really don't. Get the all-22 film, and they and I've only learned this getting to work with Tiki in the past, Bart Scott. Like, man, you see what Twitter clips get clipped up of all-22 from, like, people who think they know what they're watching compared to, like, football players in the film room, and it's like they're watching two different games. The difference in, like, a quarterback running into his own sacks and an offensive line being bad, like, there is a big difference. DeVito was running into a lot of his own sacks in his first couple starts. This was another game, like so many of the Jones games, where, I mean, man, two steps, you're dropped, bam, you're getting crushed. Justin Pugh was like a turnstile. It was that. It was, I mean, how many penalties did they take on either first or second down that just took them off schedule, as the experts like to say? And they weren't necessarily on DeVito. They were holding penalties, full starts by the O-line. Stuff, by the way, that I was worried about last week with the sound in New Orleans that just put him in a spot where it was going to be unmanageable. And, oh, by the way, no running lanes whatsoever for Saquon. Great job of the Saint defense. When I add all of those things up, you know, Tommy DeVito, as much as we love the story, is still a undrafted rookie quarterback that is learning so many of these things that needs a lot of the things to go well. It's going to be hard for him to overcome certain moments like this. I really thought there were parts of this game where I'm looking around. I'm like, we're not getting bad quarterback play. The quarterback's got no chance to succeed today. It's the same old story. <clears throat> it, it, you you kind of hit the nail on the head right here because when I was watching this game, I was like, all right, I'm looking for any excuse to call out Tommy DeVito and say, okay, it's time to tank because the Giants were down. But in, in reality, what do you expect him to do? As you said, he's an undrafted quarterback, a guy who was the third stringer. No one expected him to get any time this this entire year. He's played out of his mind. And then, as I said last week, he was going to face his toughest test, and the Saints showed up. And the Giants offensive line, I think – Andrew Thomas was the only one ranked on PFF above 60, I think. He was like 64. But I think Q was like a a 40. The rest of the line was bottom five in the league. So this is just back to square one. The Giants offensive line continuing to sell the quarterback, continuing to sell Saquon Barkley. This is just what happens to the Giants. And it's even more of an indication that the Giants need to improve, that there's still a a bunch of areas, not, not, not just limited to the offensive line, that they need to get better at. But it obviously is a huge problem. You can't be starting Justin Pugh at any point in any game next year. Like, that's no, like, if you if you roll out Justin Pugh next year, you know exactly how the season's going to go. You know exactly how it's going to well, go. Well, I would just say this. Do I prefer an upgrade? Yeah, I, that was Pugh's worst game. Pugh has still done a pretty good leadership, admirable job. Absolutely. Maybe bring him back as the sixth offensive lineman. I'm not as anti-Pugh overall. He had a big game. He had a horrible game. Uh, Pugh is still... I'm not, I'm not necessarily right talking there. about, like, you know, like, having him on the roster next year as a leadership, right. as a leader role. Oh, like, no, need, look, look, they should still look Haslam, Like, you right. need, like, like you got to pay the guy just, Which, to, you know, if you want the leadership. This goes back to the beginning of the season. I, I didn't plan on talking about this, but it really pisses me off still to this point. You invested in your first draft, if you're Joe Shane, a top 100 pick on Josh Azudu as an interior guard out of North Carolina, okay? The idea being you're going to develop him. He was pretty good, you know, in his rookie year when he played as far as being like a run blocking guard, you need to work on pass protection. The fact that the giants left themselves so thin 
and didn't have a swing tackle, releasing Tyree Phillips, who has since come back from Philly and done a pretty damn good job playing for Evan Neal at right tackle, that Andrew Thomas going down, and this is what I'm talking about when Giant fans don't understand how significant this was. Oh, every team deals with injuries. Yeah, every team deals with injuries and finds a way to patch together depth. The Giants had zero depth at the beginning of the year behind their best player on their team, Andrew Thomas. It wasn't just, all right, your best player's out, find a way to... No, your best player's out, and you had literally nothing. That they took this project guard and had to make him play left tackle. And then he ends up getting hurt as a result a few weeks later on top of his confidence getting shaken. He was basically crying after he got Daniel Jones hurt versus the Miami Dolphins. And here we are at the end of the year. And Justin Pugh, you want to talk about upgrading the position. This is the exact spot. If the Giants had a tackle early in the year and they could have brought, brought a Zudu earlier, like we could be at week 15 going, the Giants really have something on the interior here with a guy they used the top 100 pick on. And now we still gonna have no freaking clue and they might have ruined the guy's career. And we're starting just a pew. Just think about that chain of events because nobody's talking about it because nobody cares at this point. The Giants totally might have screwed up a very crucial third round pick uh, because they failed in other places. And now as a result, that where that guy could be needed now, you're playing Justin Pugh up the street and having that kind of situation happen. And now you have to do some patchwork going, yeah. going forward in this next it's draft. All, everything's a domino, man, when you put together yeah. a roster. And, and you can't be wasting assets. And they might – they might. we all talk about how a quarterback can get screwed up. They might have screwed up a, a guard by putting him somewhere he had no business being and good for him and trying to step up. The whole thing is just an absolute disaster as a 